Blog Talk Radio. What up, BTR? Everybody enjoyed their spiral ham. I actually got lucky. My brother-in-law just dropped me off a nice plate of food from my mom's, including a box of friggin' Peeps. I don't even eat candy. I already ate the whole fucking box of Peeps. So I'm just staring at this spiral ham. I should have reversed it. Anyway, this is going to be an incredible show tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Kind of depressed today. A lot of negative energy out there in the last couple of days I've had to go through and God damn it, I hate it. It just kind of brings me down and stuff. You know, there's in life you got people that will light candles and pray for your defeat and your demise, and I guess sometimes uh, I allow myself to get sucked into that, and it takes something out of me. But this show um, is really going to be badass. In fact, this is going to be like a part one of about a four-part series. Um, the information I'm going to be sharing with you, uh, originally the people that learned it, paid upwards of $100,000. I'm not making that up. That is the truth. Um, I think the information currently, if you can even get in, is going for probably in the neighborhood of, uh, God, around 15000 And usually it was information that I kept to myself. And one of the reasons is, is I was going through uh, the treatment stage and all that, and I had brought in a lot of people to this particular program. And... Uh, you know, at the time that I was going through what I was going through, um, they um, they sort of forgot about Vinny, and then when I tried to jump back in, I couldn't even get an email response back, so I said, fuck it, you know what, uh, if that's the way you want to play, uh, I didn't sign any non-disclosures here, I'm going to let, you know, let some of you people in on uh, some of probably the most uh, badass techniques for extracting cash out of thin air, um, out there it is stuff uh that you want to find at harvard business school it's stuff i'm you know uh some of my barter barter arbitrage students from back in the day have heard bits and pieces um but i am going to make it available to everybody here um trying to think what else we're going to talk actually about it's going to be a three-pronged test today we're going to talk i know i got everybody's attention it sounds hypey fifty thousand in four days uh but it's based on an actual true story, and there has been several other <clears throat> stories uh, where this technique has been used very, very effectively. Uh, there's a variety of ways you can use it, and we'll discuss those in coming weeks, but I'll go through the one tonight, and I'll explain to you why it works, and you can literally get started if you don't have a pot to piss, and to be honest with you, as most of these strategies are designed. Um, let's see what else here. Um one of the things that I'm going to be doing, and I've gotten requests um, back when I was doing the marketing knockout uh, blog, which was more just for fun, and I got bored with it, um, I was requested to do coaching. And, you know, the more I think about it, I'm really not an Internet marketer, and I'm not interested in doing coaching over the phone and so forth. I am very lucky that I do have four clients, which is not a lot, but they pay very well, um, actually, um, 
people charge a hell of a lot more than what I'm charging. But uh, for for those of you who, after you get done listening to this episode and future episodes, if you want to come down to Sunny Vinny Land, um, it is three days. It is three thousand uh, dollars. Does include your airfare. Does include your uh, uh, hotel, and it does include some of the best uh, uh, food in the state of Florida, as some of you who have eaten here can attest. So uh, that's all included complimentary. I do have deals with the airlines through my barter arrangements. And, of course, um, if you are a company and want me to come out and share this on a more detailed level with your company, um, it's five grand, and um, I'll pay my own way out there. Uh, very reasonable. But I have had requests, and I currently do have four clients that have one is coming next month. I am booked up until June uh, but uh, that really is the best way for me to teach. Have you right down here, and, uh, you know, we do it one-on-one. So let's see where we're at here on uh, – talked about the coaching, talked about eating the peeps, gave everybody the happy Easter, those who celebrate it, to those who don't, I offended, I'm sorry. Um we're going to start off before – oh, and by the way, I, I actually I'm going to start off with this. I promised everybody, for those who still sell on eBay, and actually one of the things that I'm really kind of getting interested in is, in is this Amazon FBA. I think that's what it's called. Um, simply because I like the idea of them, you know, fulfilling the orders. I, I Nothing I can stand worse than some stroke who wants a refund and you got to deal with the shipping and the jerking and the jacking, and you deal with these people that leave feedback, and, of course, the evil empire PayPal. So I couldn't, you know, you all know how I feel about that. did a whole show about the corruption of PayPal. So it's a very interesting thing, but I'm always searching for these niches that, and I kind of got inspired by James J. Jones. He put out a product a long time ago, had a little cheat sheet of all these weird items that you would never think would sell on eBay but fetch a lot of money. So everybody write this down. And if you ask me what the hell it is, I still don't really know. But go to eBay when you have a chance and punch in Steampunk, S-T-E-A-M, punk. And you can put it as two words or put it as one word. Now, what's so amazing about this is I did a like a you know quick perusal of this and I'm looking at, like, rusty keys and, like, rusty watch parts. And one of the listings was bid up to, like, 113 fucking dollars. And I'm not making this up. I don't even know what this is used for. I think it's used for jewelry. Uh, you know, maybe punk is coming back. What you'll find that's very interesting, and remember I've told you guys all along about video marketing. I said the slick and polished videos do not work as well as those ghetto-style herky-jerky videos that I do. It's proven. And it's the same thing with this. When you see somebody who puts this really beautiful, slick picture of a piece of steampunk jewelry they made, um, it could be 8 bucks. It won't even have a bid half the time. And then you'll see, like, another listing where they'll have 10 rusty skeleton keys, and the thing will be bid up with 17, 18, 19 bids, which just goes to show you, um, it's kind of like when James Jones did the cigar box thing. Um, it's a weird thing. People were buying these cigar boxes to make purses. So, you know, James put a product together, you know, how to make cigar purses and, and did very, very well. Now, that's a little passe now. I don't think it's selling as well. I don't think the cigar purse thing is selling as well as it used to. But this steampunk thing, one of the chicks that I know on Facebook who is like a professional picker and she knows everything about everything. I mean, she can tell you what everything sells for. She said, Vinny, I don't think you've ever heard of this one, and I doubt anybody else has. Look up steampunk. Um, you will be blown away by the amount of money some of this, and to me it looks like a rusty, busty bucket of bolts. They're like clock parts. They're like uh, skeleton keys. They're, they're just, it, it's a weird shit. And when I saw the one listing going for $113, and I'm thinking, what the fuck is people, you know, what, what are these people doing? So, uh, again, 
Maybe it's something you could flip over on Amazon FBA or or if you are still on eBay, you know, God bless you, give it a shot. Do a little research on it, but it will blow your mind. And, again, the stuff that's selling is not the slick, you know, made-up stuff. It's like the blue sins. It, it's very hard to explain what it is because I still don't know what the hell it is. But steampunk, um, that's your... That's your uh, little tip for the day on uh, on a niche that is making people a lot of money. And I'm guessing if a guy could source this shit, maybe a jeweler who's got a, dr- a junk drawer, maybe you could make a deal with him. I'm telling you, this stuff is going for some serious cash, and there can't be anything into it. It's all just kind of a motley crew of junk. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. One of the things I'm going to talk to you guys about is the skill set of building a business. And this is stuff that just doesn't get talked about. And, um, again, you don't have to own your own company. If you do, please apply this information. And I can't go through it all in one show, but I'm going to give you guys the basics. And it's amazing. Again, most businesses don't make it one to three years. We know that. That's statistically proven. Um but there is a skill set to the ownership of a business, and we're going to call this the client trafficking model. And it goes like this. And, again, whether you have your own business or you have a target company you want to work for, that's fine. Now, I see a lot of these offline consultants that sell these high-priced programs that say, okay, go in and for 1500 charge him for a USP. Fucking please. That that. You know, if you're successful at it, God bless you. What is the one thing every business owner wants? They preach this forever. They want more fucking money. They want transactions. They want sales. They don't want your autoresponder even if they need it. it you you got to get yourself out of this, this sales mentality where you got the big bullseye. What they want and what they'll pay you well for is to give them more money. Money, honey. I'm going to show you how you do that. And it's very simple, and it's amazing that business owners themselves can't figure this shit out. It's not hard. Step one, step one, whether it's your company or target company you're working for, you want to ID their badass buyers, their biggest and their best. And what do I mean by their biggest and best? I'm talking about these people that buy the most. Price is never really a consideration. They buy more. They buy more often. And again, they really don't give a shit about price. These are the people that you want to target. You don't want to target, and maybe they make up 30%. Well, if that's the case, you don't even want to worry about the other 70%. You want to target these people. Your goal here, and you can get paid a ton of money doing this, is to help your target company get a lot more of these exact buyers. You can get paid. Again, uh, no company needed. You don't even need clients. You can just, you know, target a company and work with them on this. Now, you can literally, with this model I'm going to explain, grow a company at lightning speed. You can take a fee anywhere from five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, or you can actually do what a lot of people are now doing in consulting that are smart. They're taking part ownership in the company. Because see, if you can add an extra five thousand dollars a month income to say like a restaurant, a lot of you think, okay, five thousand times twelve, the restaurant's worth an extra sixty thousand. No, it's not, because you have a multiple. That restaurant could actually sell for an extra 180000 based on the multiple. So step one is to identify the biggest badass clients that this company has, yours or theirs, okay? Um, there are only three ways you can make a company grow bigger. It's real simple. More transactions a larger size of transaction, and more profit per transaction. When I say more profit, that usually means most people who said they want to start cutting price or something. No. We go the opposite. We raise. We've got an abundance mentality over here, not, not lack. 
But that's really the only three ways you can do it. More transactions, larger size of transactions, and more profit per transaction. And who do you think is going to give you those? Those badass buyers. That percentage of buyers that price isn't an issue, they buy a lot. Those are the people that you need to be dealing with, not John Stroke or Susie Refund. Okay? Now, when you're able to locate the biggest and baddest buyers, you've hit gold because they're going to buy more. They're going to pay higher prices. And here's the beautiful part about it. This is what really, really, when I go in and I talk to somebody in a company, I mean, this, this blew his mind. The cost to acquire them is less due to more laser-focused targeting. In other words, if you got a thousand clients and and six hundred of them are fucking deadbeat strokes, and you've narrowed down four hundred as your biggest and baddest, why would you even waste your advertising and marketing dollars on these other six hundred people? You wouldn't. Although most of you do. So again, when you are able to locate these badass buyers, as I call them, you're going to find out that these are the guys and girls that buy more, will pay higher prices, and you will eventually figure out that the cost to acquire them is far less because you're laser targeting that specific segment, not the whole world, not the yellow pages. Okay, this can transform a company literally overnight. I mean, this is this is taking companies from from literally bankruptcy to public. Okay? And when you put this into place, you can get rich quickly yourself. You can get a piece of the company, you can get paid very well because what are you doing? You're not selling a fucking autoresponder. You're not selling SEO. You're giving the business owner what they've always wanted transactions, a.k.a. business, a.k.a. money to go buy the old lady, the mink stroller, or if she's the owner, you know, send the old man to Aruba for three days because she's sick of him, okay? Now, the better you define, the better you define this target audience, okay, the better you are able to define them the better you're able to find them. Write that down. The better you define these badass buyers, the better you can find them. Now, what's your job as a consultant coming in? Okay? Assuming you don't own your own company. If you own your own company, apply all this to you. If you don't, apply it to the company that you're targeting. What is your really what are you trying to accomplish here? Well, simple. You want to get more of these badass buyers. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, if a guy's got a thousand clients and you know three hundred of them fit the criteria of a badass buyer, wouldn't it behoove you to try to find another three hundred of these people? That's your job. Okay. And here's the beautiful part: when you do that, you're, you begin to focus your marketing strictly on these targeted. Buyers. So say you have a $1,000 ad budget. What every other person is doing is they're spending that $1,000, say it's pay-per-click or whatever, to reach a 1,000 different people. 80% of them might not even be their target buyers. Whereas if you identify 100 target clients, you can take that same $1,000 ad budget and target those 100 people you're going after, after rather, 10 times. And still stay within your budget. You remove all the waste. I mean, this is really elementary, but you would be surprised. You would be surprised uh, how few companies do it. Now, how do you go about finding these people? Well, it's real simple. You can, you know, you can buy or rent a list. The SRDS, and I'm sadly. I don't think they make a hard copy of it anymore. It's not cheap, about six, seven hundred, but it is located in most major public libraries. I tried to grab the last one. SRDS is like gold. 
I mean, you want to find the commonalities. You want to, when you determine who these badass buyers are, your job is to find the commonalities. What are their demographics? Are they primarily male? Are they primarily female? Are they females who read Cosmo? Are they Republican women who read Cosmo? Age 35 to 40? You will be shocked at the information, if you dig, that you can find. When you are able to dig and find this information, you are then able to find the various mediums in which to reach them. Now you're targeting laser-focused. You are now targeting buyers who have proven they want your stuff. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's habitual marketing, proximity marketing, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of overlapping. But just basically start with the baddest buyers the company has and then start going to work figuring out what the commonalities. And trust me, there is. And if you want a little trick to make you get really smart, take a Yellow Pages. Flip it open to a company. I don't give a shit what it is. It could be Baynard Plumbing. Then flip open to another page, and you might get a florist shop. Now, your job is, to find some sort of connection between those two companies. Not always easy. Now, if you find a dating service in a floral shop, that's easy. <laughs> we all know what you do there. Obviously, a dating service could use flowers, you know, for the date. But it will make you smarter. Now, again, the SRDS is a great way to go. Um, you're going to have no competition because nobody's doing this. Nobody's doing this. Um, another way to do this if you really have no resources is to con connect with what we call a gatekeeper. A gatekeeper is a person who has compliance and influence with the very people that you want to send over to this company. Okay? They will often give you this information for free. Take them to lunch. Do you know? You want to know a little a little inside story about the top caterer, I believe, in New York City. Young lady was looking to get in the catering business, and she couldn't figure out how this lady did it. Took her to lunch. Lady told her, she said, "I get the Sunday paper out and I look for the wedding announcements because I know that anybody that's got." A wedding plan is most likely going to need a caterer. Bingo. She went right to a gatekeeper. If your target audience are male fishermen age 40 to 50 that live and breathe fishing, a gatekeeper in that case could be someone who runs the local fishing uh, club fly fishing club, whatever it is, that's your gatekeeper. Let them know what you have. This is not hard, folks. It really isn't. Your job is to get, is to identify who the biggest, baddest-ass clients are. It's really that simple. And then market accordingly. Trying to think of another example. Um, I had one written down that was pretty cool here. Bear with me here. I usually don't take notes on these shows, um, but I probably wish I would have on this one because this was pretty badass. Um, again, here we go. When you start studying these badass buyers, as we call them, you want to get the criteria. What criteria? Again, we talked about that. You know, are they white, black? What's their demographics? Uh, you know, what magazines do they read? Everything you can get. You also want to get more of them, obviously, and then you want to connect them. And when you do, you want to get paid. Okay. Again, target company can be yours or it can be someone else's. But you got to find out the criteria for these badass buyers, what they have in common. Um, 
they all have commonalities. Most, this is going to blow your mind, most business owners know exactly where their best client from, they, but they don't do a damn thing to get more. That has been my experience, and it just blows my mind. By applying this, you can eliminate the cost of acquiring clients, and you're only dealing with your best. There was a gentleman who did, like, kitchen remodeling or bedroom remodeling. We, he went through and he, he, he went through this and he found out that 74% of his best clients were fornicators. I shouldn't say that. They were newlyweds that were knocked up. 74%. What do you think he did? He did the right thing. He got rid of marketing to everyone else except the fornicators, the newlyweds. And guess what? The cost of, of, of going after them dropped 40% because he wasn't wasting his advertising on all these other people, and he actually did less transactions, but at a higher price, he ended up uh, making an extra ten to $15,000 a month doing less jobs, started with three employees, added an extra three part-time employees, all because he figured out who is best damn Buyers were. So he got out of all these other mediums he was pissing his money away in. Again, badass buyers. They buy more often, they'll refer people, and they'll spend more money, and they don't give a shit. That's how you build a company. I will, I will, we will get way heavy, heavy duty into this if you guys are interested this is stuff i will do for your company if you want me to come in i come in with a red sharpie or if you have no company and you want to come down here to florida i will walk you through this step by step for three days and feed you and maybe take you to strip club i'm the only person who does consulting where i pay the airfare the hotel and all your meals and if you can't afford the three grand then you know hey that's okay too try to take the information and run with it some people have I don't share this with many people. Okay, we talked. We titled the show "54 Thousand in Four Days." Sounds real hype. You normally, if I, you know, I almost didn't write that. It sounds so bullshit, but it is based on the truth. I did a one-hour audio that I think I put up on Barter Arbitrage. Probably confused the hell out of people because it really didn't have anything to do with Barter, but it was so badass that uh, <laughs> I put it up anyway. Here's how it works. You, <laughs> I, I got to be careful. I, I'm gonna. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Every one of you knows what a passion-based organization is, don't you? Uh, it could be a church, could be a VFW, uh, could be a private religious school. Not a private school. I wouldn't even deal with private schools. All you get there is bureaucracy, and there ain't a whole lot of passion because. Half the kids are dropping out, and they're just, you know, it's a, it's a public school. You want to run this particular model that I'm going to explain to you in a passion-based organization. Gentlemen, he's dead broke. He had just lost his job. It was a good job. He had about four days till his next interview. He decided to put this model into place, and he did it half-assed. Living proof that you can totally fuck this thing up, but if you're hungry, it will work. He walks into a private religious school that has about 120 kids, and I think it was summer, so only about 60 of them were there. He walks up to the principal or whoever it was and said, I am a real estate investor. I buy and sell houses. I have heard a lot of good things about this school, and I just want you to know that the next house I buy, I am going to then sell it and give you half the money. Now, I don't know what most schools do to raise money, but it's usually that stale fruitcake or a cakewalk 
or send some ridiculous shit home with the kids for this and that. I get it all the time from my younger nieces and nephew. Or they sell Krispy Kreme donuts, which put 20 pounds on me every time I order one of those damn boxes. Do you see the position? Where is the positioning on this deal? I haven't even told you about how this works yet. The positioning is you are you are approaching an organization that is passion-based. People do not put their kids at a private Christian school if they're not passionate about it. Passionate about the religion, passionate about their kids, most likely passionate about the school. You see it in college all the time. That's why 70-year-old men are still living vicariously through Notre Dame, even though they haven't attended in 50 years. But they're still giving money. Why? They're passionate. Check this out. And this is a true story. This guy didn't even have his shit together in the least. He Here's how it works. You take a flyer, which he should have done, but he didn't, so he asked the school, can I use your printer? And they let him. The flyers basically say something to the effect that the Middleton Christian Academy is looking to purchase a house. Half the proceeds will go to Middleton, blah, blah, blah. And after he prints these up, he hands them to the children on the way out the door and has uh, the wherewithal to tell them to get them signed. Now, what do you think his compliance on that was? Pretty good. I guess maybe one or two kids could have forged it. Okay. Now, the way he approached it is he, he, he is this guy doesn't have a house for sale. He doesn't claim to either, though. He just says, I buy and sell houses, and the next one I buy, I'm going to sell it, and I'm going to give the school half the money. And by the way, he, he's, he's not making that up. That's the truth. Passion-based organization. The next day, he gets a call from the receptionist, says, there's a man here with your flyer who wants to talk to you. You guys can believe this or not. I don't give a shit. It's the truth. The man says, look, I have a house worth about $200,000. I owe about thirty on it. It also needs about 15000 in repair. I'm currently doing that. He says, if you could cover the thirty grand, i will give it to you since uh, half the money is going to the school. And by the way, you don't lie. He told him half the money is going to the school. He says, however, if you can't make the payments, I'll go ahead and keep making them. I shit you not. Think about that for a minute. A $200,000 house, the guy owed thirty. But see, the guy's kid went to that school. Passion-based. Okay, there's a lot of other psychology. I could spend an hour on why this works, but... Now, here's the other part, part two. A second flyer goes out. A second flyer goes out with the kids. We have a house for sale. Half the money, you know, split with, you know, Middleton Christian Academy. Next day, lady comes in. And as most of you guys know, on a, on a rehab, this really wasn't a rehab. It didn't need a ton of work. But you want to be about 60% of the actual appraisal price. That's usually what they want, 60, 70. This, this house appraised at 200000 uh, That normally, you know, if I was coming in to buy it, I'd pay off for 140 That's what most people would do. This guy actually offered 152000 he went up. Why? Because his kid went to school too. Now, do the math. $150,000, less than 30, 120, less closing. He split approximately $54,000 with the school. By the way, the deal closed, I believe, on Saturday, so that would be five days. There are about five other ways you could pull the same deal off. It doesn't even have to involve a house. I can't get into all of them here because I don't have the time. Do you see 
What happens here, though? Do you think this would work in the real world? No. It would work with churches. It will work with private schools. It will work with anything where you have passion instilled. 54 thousand dollars when that house closed how many friggin cookies do you think that school would have had to sell my friend Willie Crawford who's one of the more prolific marketers used to be you don't hear much from Willie anymore I wonder why I can tell you why do you know that Willie figured out that by going to the Knights of Columbus and offering to teach internet marketing and gave a hell of a presentation, I might add, and charged nothing. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe he did. Maybe there was something up front. And the Knights Columbus, they collected that in an escrow PayPal and then, of course, split it with Willie. When Willie was done, phone started ringing because, as we know, everybody knows they need this stuff on they need their they or they think they do. They need a Twitter. They need this. They need that. When Willie Crawford was done, he made over $100,000 in a day just with the back-end business. I shouldn't say a day. I think I forget what he made up front that day, several thousand dollars, and then another 100000 on the back-end. Again, passion-based organization. Every single organization out there, and I'm kicking myself because for years, I I would say this restaurant gets hit up once a month for a gift certificate, and we give it to them for this or that. The last one who came and hit me up, which was two days ago, I said, look, I'll give you a $50 gift certificate for your raffle. How much are you guys trying to raise for Alzheimer's? And they said, well, we're trying to raise ten grand." I said, ten grand, really? I said, I'll tell you what. I said, what kind of mailing list do you have? He said, well, well you got to forget what it was, a couple thousand. I said, I'm going to put a flyer together, and I'm going to give it to you. And it's going to go along the lines of this. I buy and sell houses. Anybody's got a house for sale, I'll purchase it, and I will donate half the money to Alzheimer's. Now, this flyer will probably go out to him on Monday or Tuesday. I can almost guarantee, and, and if, for those of you who don't think this happened, I could tell you that it's happened at least four other times in Indiana that I know of as well, and I can also tell you that doing my own research that three churches here in Florida were given a house, respectively 80000 110000 and 140000 You know what the price was? $50, $50, $100. So don't tell me people will not give their houses away. They will. There are people with more money than they have to spend. I'm sure there's some tax benefits there as well, and maybe some of them even want to buy their way into heaven. I don't know. I don't mean to offend anybody by that, but you know how it is. Using the children with the take-home flyers is a great way to avoid what Gary Halbert used to call the A-pile, B-pile. Half the problem is getting the thing into the right person's hands. Now, again, you can also do the same technique for houses rented out to staff. Um, I know people that use this technique uh, and acquired over... $30,000 $30,000 worth of items that they eBayed, split that 15000 15000 with the school. The key is this. Instead of searching for motivated sellers, which is the quintessential real estate jargon you hear, you are, in fact, creating motivation. The positioning is built in. And when I contact someone now, because this is so out there and so outlandish, people. some people might think it's a scam. Here's how I position it. Dear, hi, Susie Q, this is, uh, this is Vince James. Could you put me in touch with the uh, member of your church that handles large donations? What do you think, what do you think my odds are uh, making a connection there by phrasing it? And a lot of 
the difference between succeeding and failing usually is your compliance dialogue. Most of you suck at it. You don't you don't you don't put that big telemarketer, oh by the way, can I talk to your boss? Oh, we've got something excited click. They don't have time. Again, I've told you guys this before. People in business like me who own businesses, we are trained to buffer you from our lives. But when Susie Q gets that call, could you please put me in touch with the person that handles large donations? Susie Q going to lose her job if she don't put that call through. And, again, you don't have to have a house. The house is going to and, and and here's the thing. With this model, you are probably going to get a house or a rental. Maybe they'll do a rental. They'll rent out a an apartment that comes with the house. Uh, they, the people that are going to provide it will provide it for less than market value. And the people that end up purchasing it, and you can do auctions on this stuff, will invariably pay more. So your spread of profit is bigger. That's badass stuff right there, people. That is badass stuff, and don't tell me it can't be done because it has been done. I know for a fact it's been done on four different occasions, and and I'm sure more than that. So, every fundraiser, and again, the worse the economy gets, uh, the better this stuff works. Works in good economy, too. Show me any nonprofit that couldn't use more money. And they use archaic methods that are tired, old, and beat up. That religious school made more money on that deal than 2,000 bake sales they could have done. Again, the flyer goes home with the kids, and when it comes time to sell, that's where the ugly signs come out. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys again, um, Ozzy literally ran Donald Trump out of Dubai by using ugly yellow signs. In fact, when Donald asked him, how are you uh, doing this, he said, I'm using ugly yellow signs. And Donald Trump looked at him and said, well, if you're just going to you know, bullshit me and not tell me, why, why, why you waste my time? The psychology behind a beautiful sign with Susie Q in the red dress, Century 21, and the brochures, you know, those signs that cost more than the house. When I drive by that, I know, oh, shit, not only is the house worth a ton, Susie Q is going to be on my ass till I buy a house. When I see a ugly handwritten sign that's strategically placed, and you can use traffic.com and, and determine these traffic-dense locations, or you can pay somebody 50 bucks to stick, stick the sign in their yard, ain't nobody going to take it down. You could get 10, 20, 30 calls an hour. I used to do that and sell the leads. In this case, you can use it to sell the house. But the psychology is this. Wife is a whore. I've seen this sign before. Must sell. Uh, going to jail. Must sell. Three-bedroom, two-bath. No qual. Whatever. When you see that, in fact, the vice president of USB laughed because he came in the restaurant the other day. He said, I'll be damned. He said, I heard you talk about that. I drove by. I saw one of those signs, and I stopped. He said, I've never done that before. It lends people to believe that they are getting a bargain when they see that Sharpie, that black Sharpie. Profanity's okay, misspellings are okay, whatever. Just make sure they can read the number. Make sure it's situated. And if somebody takes the damn sign down, so what? Use a Google voicemail. You ain't going to jail, man. Neon yellow handwritten signs are... I can't even tell you how much money I've made with them. Now that I'm back and healthy again, I'm getting back into all this stuff again, um, you will have more charities and more nonprofits than you could ever possibly handle. And again, you don't need a dime. 
maybe five bucks at Kinko's because I personally wouldn't walk in and use the school's printer to print the, the flyers out. But this dude did. And you tell the people up front, I'm making 50%. Some people may balk, whatever. That's, do you think this school balked at getting 54000 54000 that they didn't have. Anyway, I gave I gave you guys some good information tonight. I hope you uh, re-listen to the show. Um, I got about fifteen minutes left, and uh, that's about all I want to say for tonight. Next week, we're going to go into some other models. If you guys are interested, I'm going to show you guys uh, ways to take over gyms. Um, I'm going to show you guys some really <laughs> incredible ways to do um, what I what's called the coupon method. When I mean the coupon method, I don't mean this little sheet of paper you cut out, but it's a way of uh, uh, working with. Uh, let's just put it like this: uh, financial planners. Do you realize that when they have their little presentation, once you determine the metrics and realize that each ass sitting in a seat's worth like $500, that you can go out and get those people and get paid? Now, they have to be qualified. I know that uh, one of Osmond's people put together a sign that says, and you qualify it, this is here to see if you guys catch this, Seven places the terrorists don't want you to invest a hundred your hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And they did it at the VFW. Ugly yellow sign. Now what does that do? It qualified because it means you had obviously to show up you had the hundred and fifty thousand. The minute they showed up, I think they're getting paid five hundred to seven hundred dollars a person just to attend this CPA's little gathering or financial planner rather. You can do deals like that all day long, people. find out, you know, again, it all comes down to who is who is your baddest and most lucrative client. That's the question you want to ask all these businesses. Who is the one that gets your panties in a knot? And then you deliver them. You got to find them. You got to define them, find them, and deliver them. And you can make a ton of money. You could take it in cash. You could take it part cash, or you can take it part, like with gyms, you can take it in ownership tell you one more those of you in the UFC and MMA would you like to know the number one way to increase attendance for those MMA gyms was a flyer for the gym taped on a pizza box increased sales 25% memberships now, what's the psychology behind that? I'm not really sure. I'm guessing the guy's home watching uh, Kim Shamrock or Gracie or one of the badasses, John Jones or whoever, and he looks down and he's got a bag of Doritos slobbering out of his mouth and says, damn, man, I could be an MMA star and kick that guy's ass, but i got to lose this 40 pounds. Next thing you know, he's in the gym. That's after he's shoving the pizza down his mouth. True story. True story. We'll get into a lot of different things like that. Um, trying to think what else. Guys, um, you know, as far as this book and stuff, you know, I put out the little book, the videos up there about the, you know, three-way sexual tryst and stuff. I'm not doing that as shock value so much. Um, this whole book thing, because people are bugging me about it, it it's, it's very difficult for me to even, uh, you know, as I've said, if you're going to do a fucking book, you owe it to your readers and you owe it to yourself to be 100% truthful. Sadly, the truth hurts a lot of people. And in this case, the people it's going to hurt are people who deserve to be hurt, but it doesn't make me feel any better. So I'm still grasping and wrestling with it. I mean, a couple people, well, my cat's in a fight outside, great. Uh, a couple people um, that deserve to be mentioned, I don't want people to think it's a revenge thing. It's not. It's just that if I'm going to write the book, i got to write the book. And by the way, most of the book's about my fuck-ups. 
And believe me, nobody's had more than me. I talk about jail. I talk about, I mean, I never told anybody about the two weeks I was hooked on Xanax. And and the only person who knew was Jim Straw. They missed, they missed prescribed me. And I flushed him down the toilet, and I'm laying on the bed in the fetal position crying like a baby for five straight nights with the worst nightmares I've ever seen. I would submit to anybody that if you don't think that's an evil drug, try getting off it. I had no idea. Only when I called, I, I called Jim Straw, and, and he told me that when his wife died, they tried to put him on something like that, and he flushed it. And uh, he's the only one I could tell as a shame. So, I mean, you know, I got my own luggage. But um, I just feel that if I do the book, i got to let it all hang out there. Despite the fact that certain people deserve nothing but my wrath, and they know who they are, people that, you know, made money with me and then said, fuck you, Vince, once I got sick, you know, I'm bitter about it. I'm real bitter about it. But... Maybe I'm just a better person than I give myself credit for because as much as I'd love to write a detailed chapter about so-and-so doing the nasty with me and Danny, do I really think that's something that needs to be said? I don't know. Does it is it going to make me feel better? Is it going to make me, is it going to make me feel better to crush someone's life? I don't know. So it's very, very difficult. And, again, I'm sensing so much negativity around me right now, it's leading me to wonder if uh, maybe I ought to just stick to doing this radio show talking about making money, and, and, and I don't know. We'll see. You know, I always said, I told this girl once, she didn't listen to me. I said, if you die... You'll be lucky to have three people on one hand you can count, you know, as your true friends. All the rest are posers. And uh, loyalty is the most important thing, even if you're wrong. Even if you're wrong, I'm gonna stand up for you if you're my friend. Even if you're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab the shovel. It's sad that after doing that for others, that they couldn't have the decency to do it for me. And I often wonder if maybe I'm just too old school for my own good. Anyway, on a happy note, those of you who are celebrating Easter with your family, tell them you love them. I don't know what I'd do without my mom and dad, best parents in the world. I'm really lucky, and uh, I appreciate everybody that tuned in tonight. Um, I realize I hit you with a lot of information. Uh God bless everybody. May you live to see the dawn. May all your dreams come true. May you always remain forever young. And for God's sake, stay legendary, peeps. Good night.